and I think one of the things that I would say is that it seems to me, you guys can disagree, but in our current society, there's less and less encouragement to challenge your underlying beliefs. There's more ways to be reinforced and kind of have hive think or group think versus really individually saying, you know what, my beliefs are mine and what, what is really true. I think, I think there's, we're challenged not to do that as much as we used to be. Welcome back to the second week of February, this episode of the Align Life Pro. Uh, I am Mike Gandolfo, and I'm joined, as always, by New York Times bestselling author, Michael Lennington, and the queen of performance coaching, Kristen Tabbert. If you're listening to episode one and you're still listening, thank you, because that means you're part of the conversation, and you're, we're, we're seeking for understanding because we're working towards unity, and unity is not uniformity. Unity does not mean that we all have to agree exactly on how we think and whatever else, but uh, that we just, we come to the table with our unique perspectives and we try to understand the other people so that we can agree on a problem and begin to solve it. My hopes are actually that a lot of people who listened to the first episode really didn't agree with some of the stuff we said and still heard what we had to say and wanted to come back and out of curiosity, dig into it a little bit more. Yeah, so Mr. Linton, what are we going to talk about today? Um, good question. Uh, but I, we, we sort of ended the last session around you know our thinking and, and um, how to make it stronger. And I, I was in front of a group of people at one point, and, and I just was kind of riffing and free associating. And I asked this question, and I, and I was kind of surprised myself um, because I think it's, it's a great question to ask. And it's, is the belief that your beliefs are true, true? And at first it sounds like it's gibberish, but, but ultimately we all believe that our beliefs are true. All of our beliefs are true. I wouldn't hold them as beliefs. If, if we think something's not true, it's no longer going to be a belief. So, so the assumption is that we believe that all our real beliefs are true, but is that a true belief? Are all our beliefs of everybody in the planet true? Is it, is it the truth? Yeah. Is it the truth? It can be true, but not the truth. Right. It could be true. I mean, it's, it's got a truth for me, but it's not truth with a capital T. Where it's truth for everybody. Yeah. Right. right. Where, it's, where, it's, where it's something you could pull on and say, yeah, here's the evidence this is a true thing. And I think that, because um, you're right, Mike, the other thing is is that your belief that you are very competent is, is your belief and it will cause you to become competent. Or if I believe I'm incompetent, then my, my actions are going to be, so, so my actions, those are, those are relative truths, right? And they kind of change in there. But I'm talking about the things that we really believe to be true that's sort of universally true. And I think, and even some of the beliefs about ourselves, right? Because those are, you know, we, what, what I'm suggesting is, though, is that if we operate in incorrect beliefs, what ends up happening? Right. If my belief isn't true, and I, but I behave in a way as if it, that I believe it to be true, and I behave in a way, what ends up happening to me in terms of my results? They're not going to be the results you want. Right. I'm going to do things that aren't necessarily true. Right. They're they're, they're going to align with with reality as much, and, and so I think the ripple effects out from that are almost exponential. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have relationships that that are going to be ooh, damaged. Like my like for example, my wife or my husband is cheating on me, whether they are or they're not. If my belief is that people cheat on other people and I'm afraid you're cheating on me, how, what is our relationship going to look like? It's going to start to become very uh, acrimonious and combative and, and resentful. It's going to destroy the, the relationship, right? And so, yeah, exactly. So if, if, if you're in a relationship where you believe your, your partner's cheating, but they really aren't, the thing that, because you believe it to be true, you have now taken action that makes it true. 
Yeah, because you're going to damage the relationship just as if they really were. So, not, not again, guys, not trying to try to make any specific comments there, but what I am trying to say is that the way that we believe the world is is going to cause us to behave in alignment with those beliefs. And if some of our beliefs are inaccurate, then we're going to run into trouble. And I think, or, or live a life that's not optimized for ourselves. So, let me stop you there. Yeah. Let's go on with this married you know, people cheating thing, you know, whether it's the truth or not the truth. And let's just say I read an article that says that, and I just Googled this while we were sitting here, just out of curiosity, that says 15% of married women cheat and 25% of married men cheat. Or maybe I don't take that 25% of married men. Maybe I say, because 25% of married men seems like a, what 25% seems less significant if I said, did you know that one out of every four men cheat? Right. Which one seems more significant to you? The latter. The latter. The latter. And then I don't even know where the study came from. Right. I don't know how it was ascertained. But now I see one out of four men cheat. I wonder. So think about your friendships. You've got four married couples you probably run around with. You're looking at every one of those men going, okay, one of you cheated. Right. Which one is it? And is it my husband? Right. And, then, and I'm going to start looking for things that weren't there. Okay, I've opened up a real can of worms. <laughs> yeah, you did. Because I think ultimately, though, that, that whole concept of like, okay, it, it has something to do with the media that we digest, right? Mm-hmm. And then our perspective gets shifted. Mm-hmm. And our environment controls all these truths that we believe that are, that are there. And because, you know, is it true that 25% of married men cheat? Sure, I, I don't. I don't know. I would have thought it would be higher, actually. But really? Yeah. Given the, given the kind of comments in society, I mean, I don't do studies, so it's yeah. not like I, I went out and I surveyed people. But I just, you know, I, my, I guess I tend to have a negative belief of people's behaviors. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I know that, but then the truth is how much I value my marriage. Right. The truth is how much time and commitment do both partners put into this relationship. Right. The, the truth may be, hey, we have some brokenness that we got to go work on. And overall, we could look at that thing and start going down a really negative pathway and really start questioning all these things and then start thinking that everyone around me is being dishonest and whatever else. You start thinking like Boomer does over there. Or you could just sit back and say, hey, okay, well, here's here's what I know and here's what I believe to be true and here's what I need to work on and here's the perspective that I get. And I I think there's just different ways to consume information. Right. And and looking for potential sources of, of opposite beliefs and why they believe that, right? right? So, so you know, getting away from that, the concept of relationship belief, but more in terms of um, how the world works and, and how, you know, what, what right and wrong is in, in the current, you know, situation that we're in, where we're looking for unity and getting disunity. And the, I want to just make this point about the, about the media. The 25% article was in the New York Times. The Washington Post says that married men cheat on average somewhere between 25 and 72% of, that's well, that's because they're in D.C. Pretty... Now, wait a minute. Now, the Washington Post is in D.C. Now, where do politicians mostly go? <laughs> okay, so they could just be geographical again, differences. Like, I, you know, did, did the New York Times go out and just, like, survey 100 people that just happened and then, you know, one out of four of those said that they cheated? Yeah, and, then, right. and then it's just it's so bizarre. And then yet we take all of these this information that's thrown to us is like, this is the absolute truth. Right. It's we like trust family authorities. feud. You we know, trust 100 authorities. people were surveyed and the top answers are on the board. And some of those answers like, what people did they survey? Seriously. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I, you know, I'm not, not going to. What do you put under your pillow at night? A pickle. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I, I didn't see, that's kind of some of those absurd answers. But anyway, I, getting down that, that path, some, some people, most of their beliefs are wrong, so they should just start over, like hit the reset button. Exactly. Anyway, kidding. But where, where I'm going with that is, is that, so because we don't know, because we make assumptions about the accuracy of our own beliefs, how do we fix that? How do we, how do we challenge our beliefs and, and, and actually test them for accuracy? And I think that's a challenge we need to give to the audience in this this episode, too, is that, you know, we don't want our beliefs to be wrong. We're comfortable with those. Why don't we want our beliefs to be wrong? Because it changes everything we believed in the moment. It changes, it could, it could ultimately change who we are. But that yeah. paradigm shift could be being growth and could be good, right? Could be good. But you're kind of invested in who you are. Right? Yeah, you are. But I, I mean, again, I think you think about how impactful and meaningful that paradigm shift could be and... Uh, and help you because like we're all about helping people achieve a life well lived and if you're living in a in a, a comfortable lie instead of the inconvenient truth as our friend jim oliver and nick costco like to say the inconvenient truth or the comfortable lie if i'm living in this comfortable lie i'm never going to get quite to that life well lived that i want to get to right because your behaviors are tied to that incorrect belief right and they're going to be less they have less utility because your underlying assumptions are wrong and in there, and, and so where, where I go with this is that, you know, it, all of us are wrong about some things. Yes. And even in areas where we might be right, we're only partially right because we don't have a complete understanding because none of us, we're all finite, right? We all have certain views of the world. And I think one of the things that I would say is that it seems to me, you guys can disagree, but in our current society, there's less and less encouragement to challenge your underlying beliefs. There's more ways to be reinforced and kind of have hive think or group think versus really individually saying, you know what, my beliefs are mine. And, and what, what is really true? I think, I think there's, we're challenged not to do that as much as we used to be. Oh like, man. Like no, I think that's great. Actually. I mean, I think that's really true. Like we're this kind of, you've got to, you're either with us or you're against us mentality and these herd, these herd mentality kind of thinking, and you're not allowed to kind of challenge anything outside of that whatsoever because you might offend somebody you or be you might excommunicated right. from the group. And ultimately, we all strive to belong to groups, even you do to some degree, Mr. Lennington. So. Groups of antisocial people, yeah. <laughs> oh, you belong to MGO blog. Let's not even go I, there. Oh, wait a minute. I don't, I'm not throwing out any, any, Tips to MGO blog. It's it is a. I don't even know what that is. That's good. Don't even go. It's an ultimate time suck. Is okay. what it not is. Not for me anymore. Oh man. So, but yeah. I mean, I think that's it. We it's it's living in these comfort bubbles and these comfort and being surrounded by people who think the way we think and whatever else. And got to get outside of yourself a little bit. And, yep. And yep. really challenge the source of information. Challenge. Like, don't be afraid to like if you are passionate about a topic or something like to dig deeper but to make sure that you're digging deeper in a way that is really giving you a whole perspective of what's going on the best you can instead of just looking for things to support what you believe that's that's a great point so so can i ask a couple just a couple of real simple examples if if you're a nazi you should probably read the history of the third reich (laughs) if you if you're an american nazi you ought to read the history of the third reich and pay attention to the truth of what that regime did. If you're a socialist or a communist, you need to read Alexander Solzhenitsyn because you're going to get different points of view of what your fundamental beliefs are. And I and I don't, I don't think people are inherently evil. Maybe some are, but I, I don't think I've ever met somebody who's inherently evil. But our beliefs can be, and and they cause us to do evil things and create evil in the world. And so it's up to each one of us to challenge those beliefs that we hold deeply, 
and, and, and come, kind of come up against the antithesis of what we believe to see what's true and what's not true. Yeah, because the reality of it is is that the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so... Now, uh, we're when you talk, talk about, about the war. truth of the, of the Nazi regime, I'm not going to say there's a middle truth there, but the reality is is that there were reasons why Nazism took over in Germany that you can go back to and see how that how it went from where they were to where they ended up. Right. And, and not that it was good or bad, but it, well, it was, well, bad. It was bad. It was bad. bad. It was bad, bad, bad. Well, and that goes along yeah. with, with what this whole podcast is about, is creating alignment and optimization. And, and with the Nazi regime, he, Hitler came to power because there was all this disgruntlement and, and economic unrest and all these things that were happening. And he just stepped into a, a perfect... Well, it was a flashpoint, a perfect flashpoint. Yeah, point there was where a he, cultural flashpoint. Yeah. That he could he could just take advantage and, and move himself up. And then it became it became so bad and so evil that people who opposed him were afraid because they'd be singled out. So it's, you know, again, it's, it's this group think. And you may not even agree with the group think, but you're so afraid of going against it, you're, you're buying into it at the same time. Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, our beliefs are, are an outcome of a lot of different things. And I think, I it think goes back some to the word, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the things that are led by fear right. are probably not taking us down the path we want to go. That's right. That's, that's the, our amygdala keeps us out of trouble, but it also puts us in trouble. You know, it's, right. it's where we feel that fear. And I, I think that where, where we want to go with this conversation is we've been talking kind of these global, I have, Sorry, yeah. it's kind of global things, but it, but really, where change occurs, in my view, is at the individual level. Absolutely, and, and what you do and the and the and the truth that you seek, and and listening to other points of view helps you to validate your own thoughts. There has to be assumed innocence it. in those conversations. If you're going to talk to other people, you got to assume an innocence. We should talk about that at some point as well. I thought we we were going to talk about that in this episode. Well, maybe that's the point right now. Okay. So so just. <laughs> The, the way the way that the way that we want to kind of frame this is give kind of get a structure right okay so if if you have you have a view of the world let's call that your thesis your, your thesis of how the world works or maybe not be so grandiose but a thesis about how part of the world works and you've got this thesis one of the most powerful things you can do is find someone with the antithesis of your beliefs right so the opposite or as close to opposite as you can get which is what the challenge is this month right and in that conversation where you're really learning why they have that antithesis view, why, why your, your thesis is, is opposed by their antithesis, why do they think that? What evidence have they gathered? What logic have they applied to that evidence that caused them to end up at this conclusion? And in that, you're not likely to find somebody who's 100% wrong, <laughs> right? You're, there are going to be elements of truth. Maybe, the, maybe they're more right than you. Maybe they're not, but there's going to be elements of truth. And in that dialogue, you're going to, you're going to take your thesis, you're going to crash it up against the antithesis, and, and if you do it right and you're open, it comes to this kind of synthesis, right? And that's not my original idea, but that, I like it when I heard that, and I, so I stole it from a guy named Cress Carter who's it's, probably never going to listen to this. But It's framework. It's, and it's, he sold it from somebody else, though, fairly enough. But it's a framework to think about. So you've got a thesis, take it, crash it against an antithesis, somebody else with an opposing point of view, and then come to a synthesis. And I think that's the synthesis is going to be stronger than your original thesis. Absolutely, because it attacks thing, it attacks the same issue from mm -hmm. two different perspectives. Right. Right. And if you are sitting in that conversation and you're generally listening to understand, you're asking great questions, and you're not afraid to ask the next question to go deeper with the topic, you're probably going to get to a point where you can find this incredible synthesis that is going to be make some impactful change. Uh, absolutely, it's going to make you 
fit better with reality, your actions are going to align better, your results are going to be better. But you have to be okay with the fact that you might not be right. Right. Because and that's a pride. Okay Our pride gets in the way, doesn't it? It does. It does. Anger gets in the way. Emotions get in the way. It's like I never want to be right. Because wouldn't you agree with that, Kristen? I'm never needing to be right. He never has yeah, to I'm, need to yeah. be right. <laughs> never. Mike would agree with that, too. I could tell by the look of their faces. The two, the two times, I guess, because him and I fit that mold pretty well. I mean, the two times that him and I like got heated was that we never really tried to understand the other one. So, yeah. And who was the voice of reason in those conversations? Uh, Just asking. Kristen. Asking for a friend. <laughs> All right, so we're going to dig deeper. I think this is a good stopping point probably for this episode. And we're going to dig deeper into that, uh, the thesis, antithesis, synthesis model in the next episode. Anything else you all want to kind of add to this conversation before we kind of wrap up? If you haven't had your conversation yet, go have that conversation. If you have, give us some feedback on it. Yeah, Tell us how it went. And did, did the tools help you? Were there things we didn't guide you in that we, we could have done better on and helped you with? You know, this is, this is about everybody getting better, us included. Yeah, I think that's true. So I want to say two things because what you said triggered two thoughts for me. One is that we are just three people talking about what we believe to be true. We could be wrong about our beliefs too, and we are. We and we want to hear a different right. perspective. So we just want to have that conversation going. And I think I, if I was going to do this, I would look for thoughts that make me angry and that make me fearful. The beliefs that I have that cause me to get angry or to be afraid, because those are the ones that I really can get the most benefit of dis- of dissecting and, and challenging. I think that there's there's a growth opportunity there, right? Yeah. If I have an emotion tied to the, a certain other perspective, then there's a growth opportunity there for sure, because there's a pain point that I need to kind of confront and really work on. Yeah, I like it. And we just don't know what's going on for the other person. Nope. Absolutely not. And when you find that out, you may be surprised and your whole thinking is going to completely do a 180 around. I'm yeah. trying to remember what book starts off talking about the, uh, man, it's a famous book too because I've listened to it on Audible several times and I can't remember which one it is, but it talks about the guy on the subway and he's all annoyed because the guy next to him is just sitting there and he's not doing anything and his kids are running wild and he's just like, you know, how can this guy let his kids just be this crazy? And he finally says something to him. He's like, man, I'm so sorry, but we just left the hospital and their mother just died and I'm just lost. Changes perspective. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, I, I don't have that powerful story, but yesterday um, we were running errands in Lexington and um, anybody that knows Lexington and knows New Circle Road knows how bad the traffic is. By the way, I if you've watched The Queen's Gambit on, New, on, uh, on Netflix, then you'll know New Circle Road. So. I got I to gotta watch that. Everybody's, everybody's said to watch that. But we were, we were in really super heavy traffic merging onto New Circle Road, and, and the traffic was actually stopped in our, our yield lane because of the light where the other the, the people turning were, were going on. And we were, we were dead stop, but then there'd be enough space a car could move so you'd move up a little bit you know and all of a sudden I my car got rear-ended <laughs> it was it was bumped it was it wasn't quite a rear end but it was more than a bump I looked up and the girl was just mortified hands over her mouth eyes as big as saucers you know and I'm kind of pointing over we've got to find some place to pull over but where we were at there was no um, emergency lane there was no place to pull over you had to really get on to New Circle Road and again if anybody knows New Circle Road you don't want to pull over on New Circle no. Road you're probably gonna die so I went a mile up the road she stayed behind me went up a mile up the road I got off signaled made it very clear what I was doing and the minute I went off she went on and boy was I pissed 
and anybody that knows me knows what comes out of my mouth next and it was ugly and I was mad and I was angry and I would never do that to somebody I would take accountability I would have stopped I blah 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 and I was mad all the way home by the time we got home we started kind of having a conversation about this so she was on her phone I could see that and I was pissed about that who texts and drives okay everybody Everybody. does (laughs) yeah I don't but anyway I was, I was mad about that. So I, I made all these assumptions, you know. But then at the end of the day, like, to your point, Mike, I don't know what text she got. I don't know what was going on for her. Something distracted her in that moment. You don't know if her dad just got rushed to the hospital. Right. Exactly. Right. You don't know so, if she's going broke and she doesn't have insurance and she can't afford to stop. Right. I mean, there's all sorts of things that are going she on She doesn't for have her job because of COVID. Who knows? So Of course, she know, might have just been on social media fooling around and it's just something she's done four or five times and she knows how to get out of it too. I mean, you just don't know. We just don't know. But I, I chose to go to that assumed innocence, that something had distracted her so completely that there was an accident. And they are called accidents for a reason. There was fear and uncertainty for her because she took off so I'm just going to assume that there was something in her life that this was just one more thing she couldn't cope with she needed to to run away from she needed to avoid whatever it was no judgment here I can't control any of that I can only control me and I can control my thinking so who benefited I gotta ask this question yeah who benefited by you being angry at her nobody who paid the price of you being angry I did a big price who benefited from your change of opinion me right so no matter how mad you were at her and how much in your head you crucified her on the cross of, of traffic whatever that is i'm sorry traffic about cross the, the messed up analogy there but the point is is that that whole that whole episode happened between your ears mm-hmm. and it went from a terrible episode to well it wasn't great but i'm no longer bound up by it right and in the moment our adrenaline pumps i mean we're designed to kind of react to those kind of situations and so of course our emotions are going to be peaking but it's being able to kind of let that wave roll over and then take a step back and say okay and even if you were wrong about her even if she was truly a truly 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 bad person it doesn't matter one way or the other you benefited yourself by thinking about it differently exactly but then we can choose like right because i mean again when there's a blank human nature is to is to fill in the blank with the worst possible solution right Mm -hmm. and so when we choose to not do that when we choose gratitude that hey i'm glad i wasn't hurt it was a small little dent in my car that stinks but i'm i'm okay looks like the other girl's okay and we have gratitude about it and we can lift up a situation and just you know give thanks i mean i think that's a it changes it can change your perspective and then it allows you to accept the other perspective that much easier too. Yeah, it's really hard to do, but that kind of ability to have, you know, I used to work for a company called Sendalaney, not Sendalady, Sendalaney. It's it's an Irish name, and the whole because we got people asking us what kind of a company is that next because they thought that's what we were saying. So I bad bad bad. Thing yeah, you've mentioned it before. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I repeat myself. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. I get to repeat myself. Anyway, so so that whole that whole thing about assumed innocence is that you don't know anything about that other person you don't know the motivations you don't know what they're going through you don't know what kind of a character they have none of that right and so when something happens like that you have a choice i can assume guilt or i can assume innocence Mm -hmm. and when i assume guilt without any other data points it's something just an event happened i assume that they're guilty then i'm all caught up in all those negative emotions all that stuff that goes out of my head and that that hurts me if I assume innocence, then I can feel compassion for them. I feel peace with myself, and I just kind of maybe even say a prayer. I hope they're okay. 
you come away from two, the same incident has two completely different outputs for you based upon what you decided in your own head. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on the solution side. That's So next episode, that's what we're going to do. We're going to start giving some tools and some, and I think we've given some tools, but we're going to start bringing this all together, start helping people get on the solution side so that we can uh, hopefully make some really good progress into, uh, into developing unity. Yeah, and if you want. don't agree with us, we don't want to hear about it. <laughs> no, we do. <laughs> Coach at AlignLifePro.com oh, right. is right. our email Sorry address. You can send us something. We'll be back next time. This is the Align Life Pro.